0: Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing season 45, episode 15 of SNL with host Daniel Craig and musical guest The Weeknd. I'm Katherine Coleman, and I'm joined this week by SNL Podcast Mainstays Steve Finn and John Murray. If you'd like to connect with any of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy the following selected highlights from this week's discussion. And if you'd like to hear our full length, ad free sketch by sketch review, it's available exclusively for our patrons at patreon.com slash snlpodcast. It's our patrons who make the cast possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash snlpodcast. All right, here we go. Before we get into the meat of the episode, we would like to take a quick second to thank our newest patron, Ben Traugott from Port Hope, Ontario. Ben, we really appreciate your support and we hope you continue to enjoy the cast.
1: We love you, Ben. (laughs)
0: Let's keep going into another live sketch where game night gets weird when the quote queen and flick daddy start deep quoting. And I, I... purposely tried to find the most ridiculous way to describe this ridiculous (laughs) sketch. That's perfect. Uh, Steve, did it work for you?
1: Yes. Heidi obviously was the one to pat on the back for carrying this. Mm -hmm. I loved her understated approach to this character, (laughs) kind of her shrugging it off. Everything's like, Oh, we can, we can quote if if you want it. (laughs) You know, if if you guys want it, it doesn't really matter to me. uh Yeah. Yeah. The passive aggression uh, that, she decides to bring to this character is is great and the unexpected chemistry between her and daniel craig was a great way to uh set this on a good trajectory they really have great chemistry as performers together and i felt that they were making me laugh in a very surprising way (laughs) kate not being able to hold it together and thereby setting off daniel at some points was also a fun charming element to this you know, as not planned as that was, it was kind of funny to see mm-hmm. them just enjoying themselves. And this is the kind of sketch where you can't afford to break a little bit. This was a lot of fun for me.
0: Yeah. John, did it work for you? I
2: agree 100% with Steve and I disagree 100%. with Steve. <laughs> That's impossible. It, it's totally possible. The math squares out. Don't worry about it. So I agree with Steve that this was a lot of fun. And I agree with both you guys uh, in the idea that, Heidi's character was surprisingly effective and charming because she's saying a lot about who she is. She doesn't want to take over game night, but she's got this passion for a game that (laughs) it's hard to get people on board with. And she's just waiting for her moment to be able to shine and play this game that, that she loves so much. And the fact that she finds a kindred spirit, someone to go toe to toe with her intellectual equal, all of that. That's, that's brilliant. That is Mm -hmm the smartest material we've seen tonight. And I loved it. And I disagree with Steve 100% in that he thinks it's charming that Kate McKinnon totally derailed this
1: Derailed? That's that's harsh.
2: This is a sketch that didn't need breaking. This isn't a sketch where it was so gonzo that it's justifiable. Kate needed to get her head in the game. She's sitting next to the host. She doesn't need to be, you know, just sitting back observing and uh, getting sort of like, you know, giggly and incredulous and throwing off the host and taking this down a notch because if she'd been in it to win it and just brought her professionalism to it, I think this would have been a slam dunk sketch. This would have been a tops for the night. And the only thing that puts a mar on that for me is the, the fact that she threw it away. I, I want to see the cast bringing their all to it. And I don't think that we needed the breaking. And I, I think that, you know, if she was doing it intentionally to to keep things a little light. It, it was a poor choice. And if she just wasn't keeping it together, then, you know, it happens. You can't fault people for getting giggly. Sometimes they have no control over it, but it didn't look like that. It just, it just looked like she just wasn't in this one. And, uh, you know, I hate to say that as she's, She does the same things when it's like a her and 80 vehicle. Like when, when it is a sketch that she's passionate about that she's been championing for the week, she does it too. So I just kind of feel like she's been there so long that I don't think she feels like she has to try so hard. Like if she's willing to let a a sketch go down a bit, nobody's really going to call her on it. Right. She's sort of the star of the show. And you know, if she wants to get giggly, she's not catching flack for it. I just feel like a younger, hungrier Kate would have brought her a game to this. And then I would have been singing its praises end to end rather than just having to say, this could have really been fantastic if it didn't have that noise. So
1: Interesting. that's, that's my frustration with this. I think you're blaming Kate a little too much here because you can kind of tell that whoever was in charge of this sketch was really encouraging that kind of aloof energy.
2: Oh, I don't think so. I think, I think this one hung in the performances. There was, there was a passion building here and you don't need someone snickering off in the corner, pulling the air out of those, you know, those passionate back and forths that are building and the, the characters are getting more intense and th- are they going to embrace or are they going to kiss or, you know, wh- where is this going? And you got Kate snickering and not even able to deliver her line of like, you know, get out or whatever. It's just, she's capable of more. She's capable of more.
0: I think, I don't think Kate would ever. Obviously, because I know her, um, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> she would, she would ever do it. Uh, like, I don't think she thinks she's above getting criticized for it or anything like that. I think this was a very genuine break. I think something about this sketch really made her giggly. And I th- and I, oh,
2: don't get me wrong. I think it's genuine, Okay. but I think it's happening because there's no real consequence. Like, I don't think that she has to try her hardest to invest in this material. I think she's coming at the show as a veteran that just knows that she can make pretty much anything work. And I just don't think that she's trying as hard to keep it together in sketches where maybe she's not front and center. And even though actually to be fair, even the ones where she is front and center, every episode we get a Kate and 80 giggle fest. Now we get at least one per show. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's Jimmy Fallon. I don't think she's the type of performer where she's incapable of stealing herself and getting into a sketch. And just delivering. We've seen her do it before. Okay. The fact that she's getting so comfortable getting giggly and throwing away these sketches a little bit says she's just maybe a little too comfortable with the show. Okay, That's that's how I'm feeling.
0: I just feel like she's I mean, it's a similar thing where, yes, it comes from a place of comfort, but I feel like the vibe I'm getting from you is sort of is different in the sense that I think it's because she's she's comfortable and she's just having so much fun and that makes me so happy for her. And I think she's a perfect human being. And <laughs> <Sure. laughs> do no wrong. So maybe you're right. Maybe she knows that I'm not going to criticize her for it. But it made it for me.
2: But now, now let's let us let us think of the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. Let's think of the the person who wrote the sketch. Let's think yes. of the you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. the people producing the sketch and all the other players in the sketch. And you know, for some of them, like you know Kyle and Heidi, this was you know probably the the standout mm-hmm. sketch for them for the night, like the most meaty screen time they were going to get. Do they want? a seasoned vet player who gets all the screen time, not bringing their all to the one sketch that they, they really want to knock out of the park. Cause this has been their passion project for the week. Like,
0: yeah, that's you, fair. You,
2: Absolutely. If you're at SNL and you're in the cast, you can't ever forget that you got to be a team player. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when the cast members get to the top of their contracts and they know that, you know, they're, they're running the show a little bit. I think it can get a little easy. To sometimes lose sight of how much everyone else is invested in the material that you're just kind of nonchalantly, you know, playing around with. That's true. So I never want to see a cast member intentionally throw away material, especially Mm -hmm. good material. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know, like smokery farms or something like that, where the meat's (laughs) stinking and you just, there's nothing you can do about it. So be it. Breaking happens.
0: Yep. But. You just didn't feel like this was the place for it. Well, Kate, five
2: years ago was not this nonchalant about her sketch material. And I, I feel there's a contrast there to be
0: drawn. Okay. That's totally fair. I think it didn't take away from the sketch enough for me to have that strong of a feeling. I loved sure. the sketch. I thought it was great. I thought it spoke to two big things that I'm going to hit on just real quick because we've been on this for a while. <laughs> but uh, number one, like with the charade sketch, A Game Night Gone Wrong, we've all experienced it before. And number mm-hmm. two, that situation where you know, were in the back half of the show. So they're they're playing to the comedy nerds, the movie nerds. Sure. And we all do love to quote things. So I, I like that they were making fun of us a little bit, making fun of themselves with <laughs> this thing that we do like to do. And I thought it was a really fun idea. And Heidi sold it a million percent. And that, that's, that's my piece on that. Sure. And let me,
2: let me yes. just quickly walk back everything. I said. <laughs> Go for it. Am I, am I passionate about seeing good material soar? Absolutely. So that's why, you know, when something like that kind of strikes a chord, I'm, I'm going to, I got to say my piece, yeah. but. I agree. Overall, this sketch was a win, and this was some of the best material of the night. And uh, I think that the performances that shone in it really shone. And so I I do want to give props, especially to Heidi. And I think this is probably Daniel Craig's best stuff of the night, uh, too. So I I think that what they had going on there was really, really working.
0: All right. Well, I think we're good there.
2: (laughs) Yes. Let's let's get
0: off that. So let's get away from game night and go (laughs) into our last sketch, a pre tape for our 10 to 1 where Nadine just misses the mark with her overnight salad. So Steve overnight salad. What are your thoughts?
1: I wish I knew what an overnight salad was before (laughs) I saw this. This must be some kind of American thing that I am too Canadian to understand. (laughs) I don't think it is. Okay. Well, it did remind me a lot of the Lin-Manuel Miranda episode, (laughs) North Dakota. This seems to be along the lines of, you know, just ridiculous uh, unhealthy meals that are not presented as such, but yeah, nothing should have that much mayonnaise and be (laughs) called a salad. Yeah. But let's not dwell on that because what was really going on here was great aesthetics, like a very, a very well done sixties vibe. And, and the color scheme was very interesting. The song, I guess the song wasn't even the point. The, The song was to get, to the reaction of the rest of the family. So yeah, cutting away and, you know, just going silent and jarringly cut to uh, the, the anger of, of Daniel Craig and the family and that poor dog, you know, (laughs) this all derails very quickly and it ends with her death. So they really went in a very speedy roller coaster fashion to just end this with a glorified crash. It was fun. You know, I I didn't think that I was seeing much at the beginning. I was like, oh, great. They're just going to make some great gross food. We're going to get some gag, some gross out humor. But it became more than that. The existential crisis of it all and the uncovering of of something a little bit more disturbed was a fun, dark turn. And I think this stuck the landing.
0: Hmm. All right, Uh, John, Hmm. I feel I'm sensing a disagreement.
2: I agree with Steve one hundred percent, and I disagree with Steve one hundred percent. Still doesn't make sense. <sighs> no, I'm telling you, the, the math works out. It's still impossible. I really, really like the idea of this. I really like the aesthetic of it. I really like '80s performance. I, I really like you know the the ridiculous things that qualify as salad. There is something very funny in all that, and what they were building to, where. As she's adding more ingredients, the cuts are getting quicker. And then, you know, another round of <laughs> mayonnaise and, it, it, you know, like 47 hot dogs or whatever. And that is all presented exceptionally well. And I liked the idea of what they want to do with it, which is they're going to bring her back down to reality. She's not this domestic goddess who's taking care of her family in in this glorious sort of like idealized sixties, leave it to beaver way. Uh, She's in fact, you know, making food that would kill a dog on (laughs) site. And the second that, you know, her family comes in contact with it, they, they can't stomach it and uh, it all just comes crashing down on her. That's, that's a great place to take the sketch, but I, I don't feel like they really explored that. I feel like it got very abrupt there and they just barely started touching on what could have been the really fun capper. And then, you know, they, they cut to, uh, you know, her gravestone or whatever. So I, I feel like there was a missed opportunity there in the back half that, that, that really could have gone to some fun places and they just barely started to, to rev up before it was over. I feel like this was a, a great idea and a great visual gag that just didn't know where it wanted to land.
0: All right, well, I'm going to come in with all the energy and say that I loved this so much.
2: (laughs) Unqualified win. I
0: was dying. I loved it last night. It killed (laughs) me today. Oh, my God, I loved this. Like I cannot describe to you the excitement I feel about this sketch. Uh,
1: (laughs) Sounds like someone's heard of overnight salads before.
0: (laughs) I've never heard of an overnight salad, but I didn't need to. I know the concept (laughs) of like the meal prepping, like, soaking thing like i'm familiar with the concept of overnight things but a salad is not one of those things so contrary to you john i feel like i actually think that the pacing of this was perfect i could not have imagined the pacing being any better it was i think if they would have slowed down it would have felt weird oh
2: i didn't want them to slow down i want them to go further i just wanted the back i wanted the back half to just really heap coals on her and like really point out You know, just maybe how mentally deficient she is and they just really bust that wide open. I don't feel that they took that as far as they could.
0: To me, like, I feel like that almost would have been, it wouldn't have been off game, but it would have, Mm. I don't know, taken away from the fun that they were having with it, I guess.
2: But I don't like people challenging me on my own podcast. (laughs) I'm I'm supposed to be right. I I don't understand what's going on.
0: Well, welcome to my first and last hosting (laughs) job. All right.
2: I'm I'm scared. Oh, the math
1: doesn't work out all of a sudden. (laughs)
2: Uh, You could be right. You absolutely could be right. And it's funny, you know, we're at the last sketch of the show. We started off this podcast thinking Steve was going to be our salty dog tonight. And I feel like maybe I became the villain, but uh, here we are. As long as it's not
0: me. Um, (laughs) But no, uh, overnight salad, unqualified win. Like I, I I could talk about it for a long time, but no one cares. Just know that it's, i loved it. I've watched it like six times.
2: I want to know when a piece really lands with some people because so much of this is subjective. Mm -hmm. And I try to find like objective things. If there's some reason why I'm put off by a sketch, I try to figure out, is there actually something structurally, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that didn't go, go right with it. But you know what? maybe it just wasn't what I was expecting and this late in the night uh, I just wasn't cutting it slack and, and sometimes a, a show that runs out of steam or maybe I'm a little put off by uh, maybe some previous breaking or something <laughs> maybe just got me uh, you know out of the mood or something maybe I was coming down too hard on it so yeah maybe you know what I I should go back and watch it again because maybe uh, yeah maybe I'm being too hard
0: maybe maybe I just love 80 Bryant too much it's possible and you
2: know what she really did a good job she in her did role. and she really did the production
0: yeah. on this one was great props to the team that they nailed that aesthetic with mm-hmm. uh a lot like the harry styles pre-tape it was very sort of mm-hmm. very colorful a little bit wes anderson-y yes
1: yeah, yeah. very idyllic yes. Yes. yes
0: paul Berganti directed it nailed it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, yeah the true beauty is that she just never acknowledges her wrongdoing right. and and takes it literally to the grave mm-hmm. she instead <laughs> of admitting maybe this is destroying my family and myself I'm just gonna eat this entire overnight salad <laughs> yeah. and die. That disgusting uh, salad. Yeah, that's that's a sick brain right there. So much mayonnaise.
0: All right, well, we've discussed overnight salad, and now it's time to take a step back, look at the show overall, and determine what our moment of the night was. So, Steve, I'll let you go first. What was your moment of the night?
1: Colin Jost in sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm a freak. Uh, just wasn't expected. Obviously, there wasn't much to it. It was really just more of a visual gag and just Colin Jost's delivery of it. But I think as far as moments go, that was just a well-placed little joke there. And Colin did it well.
0: Great. John, what did you think? What was your moment of the night? Uh, Michael
2: Che explaining how he reluctantly votes Democrat because, you know, much like a condom, they they say it's safer, but uh, it doesn't feel good. (laughs) Clever, good joke. clever, clever joke, uh, well executed. Che's been doing some good work the last few weeks. I, I think that's uh, definitely worth a nod. And that was a joke that genuinely had me laughing.
0: All right. Well, my, my moment of the night, I'm going to take us back a little further and say that it, it was the moment I was happy to see Debbie Downer and when she, mm. she <laughs> got to make her feline AIDS joke and I said <laughs> it with her in unison. It was a great moment. That was that really made me feel excited and happy. Okay. Yeah. So now we got to look at our best sketch of the night. Uh, John, we'll go to you first this time. What was your, your favorite one? What would you think was the best of the night? I
2: think Game Night, personally. Those were the most interesting characters that I think we saw all night. We saw a lot of caricatures. We saw a lot mm-hmm. of cartoons. But we get one little underplayed gem where two people engage in a a passionate veiled love affair in front of their significant others during a game night and this this one character is getting their moment to actually play the game that is their their passion that uh you know that that they know uh is kind of like the one thing that makes them feel special like as a human being like this is what validates them Mm -hmm. they get their moment and then they get you know their their kindred spirit and like how much fun is that to to watch unfold on the screen while everyone is standing around bewildered? At, like, what is going on? Yeah. And like, you know, <laughs> what? So that, to me, was the most like engaging and intriguing sketch material of the night.
0: Great. So, Steve, what was your best sketch of the night?
1: I'm going with the Deirdre show. I just thought this was so funny. And I've seen funnier sketches, but this was very unique and I felt I was laughing a little bit differently than I normally do at sketches. I think this was focusing on nuances that are often overlooked, and this was some fresh territory to carve out. And Ego just had a great performance here and a great realization of a character that we have learned is is based on factual events. This was, I think, One of the best packages overall for a sketch that we got tonight.
0: Awesome. And we're going to have three different takes because I think you already know what I'm going to say. And that is that my best sketch of the night was overnight salad. I've loved it so much (laughs) and I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but it was my sketch of the night. So very good. Continuing on our MVP, our most valued player, Steve, who is the MVP tonight?
1: I think I'm going to give it to Ego.
0: Really loving that
1: one, yeah not but not just for the Deirdre sketch, mm-hmm. it's mostly the Deirdre sketch <laughs> because she was the main reason that was so beautiful, and her performance was electric, but she had a great part in the on the couch song, she had some great reactions in the game sketch that John loved so much, and I just think she really shone, so my hat's off to her, and I hope she enjoys the. MVP status that I have given her for the week because she is definitely going to be aware of it.
0: We mail them little trophies, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, they, they totally hang on our ratings yeah. just
2: so everybody knows. Yeah.
0: John, who's your MVP?
2: Okay. So I'm kind of torn because yep. I think I, I, I usually break it down a couple different ways. Uh, it's either volume, like who was ever present, who was just kind of like all over the show getting their stuff on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's who made the play. Those are kind of my two different takes on who can be an MVP. I think if we're going volume, I think there's a, a case to be made for Cecily. The only thing is most of what I saw from Cecily, it's, it's stuff that we've seen quite a bit. So as much as I think Cecily had a lot to do this show, I just, I don't feel like she had any standout moment. So I'm giving my MVP the Heidi
0: Gardner. All right.
2: And I know that the initial eye roll from a lot of our audience is, well, yeah, but you're biased and- <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, of course, we didn't see that coming. I'll be the first to admit that uh, obviously I have very warm feelings towards Heidi Gardner. I think she's a stand up chick, but I think honestly, what she was doing in that game night sketch was the most fun. And uh, I want to say like maybe complex character building. I just really feel like there was a lot being presented there without having to just overtly say much. And I think that's what makes a sketch like that work is the audience has to figure out where these characters heads are at and go with them as they're revealing their true feelings without ever saying it. And I just, I think that's kind of a hard performance to pull off. I really think that she did a good job in that sketch. And it was the one point in the night when I really like perked up and said, okay, this is SNL doing something really uh, engaging that I'm connecting with. And uh, I I feel like it hung on Heidi. So I'm giving it to her.
0: Heidi is fantastic and i will say though you you maybe have a reason to be a little biased i don't think that that's a big factor in this because i know plenty of people that have not met heidi gardner that feel a similar sense of warmth and kinship with her i think there's just something about you know her spirit and her personality that makes people Mm -hmm. feel that way toward her i think she's just a very warm and fun person and she does a great job so yeah that said she's not my mvp (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: <That's okay. laughs> i think i've said everything that needs to be said about heidi tonight so
0: my mvp is uh john may not like this so much but uh it's actually i'm gonna give it to kate because okay. i actually the breaking and the quote thing i thought was adorable and i thought it was genuine and it, it made <laughs> me giggle a little bit and i liked that there you go but mainly i'm giving it to kate for her 44 second quick change that sure. was just it's it showcases what is so amazing and astounding about this show. The fact that it happened is crazy, and I loved it. And I loved the moment. For then her. give it give it to the hair and makeup. That's true. Team. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that is fair. I, the MVP is Kate's dresser. But yeah, I thought it was a great moment. I was I was really happy for her to get to have that moment with Warren. I thought it was awesome, and then I thought she had some great other standout sketches. You know, the Sands of Modesto. She was really good in. So I'm going to, I got to give it to Kate this week. (laughs) It's
2: a shame that Kate is so good at SNL because I don't have a valid argument against that.
0: All right. Well, now for all the marbles. So Steve, on a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck, how would you rate this episode?
1: I'll have to give it a week. Hmm? And it's been a while. We've dipped to decent. We've had some greats. So. I was a little disappointed to get something that was not, I felt, up there in quality with what we've been getting as of late. That could be for a number of reasons, but I was just not hot on this episode. You know how I feel about that underwhelming (laughs) pre-tape standing in place of a true monologue? There's the
2: salty Steve. Okay, good. I'm not alone.
1: I think a great episode comes from really good ideas being really well utilized with Talent, of course, with but with a little bit of luck. And maybe that luck wasn't as present this time around because we just didn't get anything that was truly great SNL, I felt.
0: That's fair. John? Yeah,
2: I think I'm uh, siding just barely on the side of weak this week. I really wanted to like this show, and I felt like pretty much every step of the way, as soon as it started to build a little bit of steam, it took a misstep and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of knocked me down a peg. And then we had, I, I thought a pretty competent weekend update. So I'm feeling pretty good. I thought, you know, Bowen scored a, a run there and I thought the guys were doing good work. And so I'm having some fun coming in the back half and, and then we get, you know, some more awkward sketch material with, you know, Daniel Craig not being put to great use. And, um, you know, aside from a, a couple sketches that I, I thought got there, most of the stuff was a real mixed bag for me.
0: All right. Well, I could make it unanimous, and I was think I was leaning in between weak and decent, but what I wrote down was decent, so I won't let you sway me. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give this one a decent. It's definitely on the lower end of decent, though. Right. It, it, had, it had some wins. There were definitely sketches that I liked. There were some mm-hmm. that were okay. There were a few that I just didn't work at all for me. <laughs> But I think the overall feeling that I'm left with from this episode is it had a lot of really great moments, yeah. but not a lot of great overall sketches. Yeah, Um, exactly. and, And so, you know, we get those exciting moments with Kate running in from the quick change and, oh my God, Rachel Dratch is here. So there were a lot of really great moments. There were so many highlight moments where you got excited for this little thing, but then felt a little let down.
2: Yeah. It couldn't maintain its energy. Yeah,
0: the whole sketch wasn't great, but this one moment of it was, and that's kind of how I feel about most of the things in here. So yeah. it's a decent for me.
2: I think we're all saying basically the same
0: yeah, thing. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah. All right, well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Steve Finn and John Murray, and thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, Aaron Intrader, Donald Yates, Zachary Phillip, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show please subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or whichever app you prefer to listen on your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated we'll be back in three weeks when snl returns with host john krasinski and musical guest dua lipa but until then this has been episode number 105 of the saturday night live after party podcast i'm katherine coleman that's my story and i'm sticking to it good night